Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, including Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, and Rick and Morty. I'm Dylan Eisen, and today I'm joined by Sam Quattrell. Hello! Today Sam and I will be uh, looking back on uh, Hayao Miyazaki's 1988 film. 1988. 1988, this film's very old. My Neighbor Totoro! Uh... What I would argue probably is the most influential and foremost film in animation history. Uh, I mean, maybe there's like the original Mickey thing, but like this is this the is the original Mickey thing. The steamboat, steamboat Mickey. You know, this is probably it though. Steamboat Willie is Willie. You know, uh, and uh, this is part of our Studio Ghibli. Um, we're going back through all of the films. This is only the second Miyazaki film uh, we've done. I've kind of been a little hesitant to. To discuss the um, all-time classics, what in my what in my view are like the best films of all time. I actually think this one isn't necessarily in the top top tier of um, Miyazaki films, despite being probably the most influential one. But, but you know what? There's a sign the other day. I saw a girl wearing a Totoro dress. Yeah, and then we were just like, we have to do it. Yeah, we have like, to do but... it. Yeah, that was that inspired. It was, it was, it was a sign. <laughs> We've also been doing all of the slice of life ish ones, so it's a good one to do. Oh too. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the overlyanimated.com is where you can find everything about us. Um, I guess let's start like before me and Mel did uh, Nausicaa, Miyazaki's uh, you know, second directorial film. And before Nausicaa, I kind of gave him this disclaimer where uh, normally I'm hypercritical of a lot of things and I'm very eager to discuss flaws and stuff. But for these best Miyazaki films of all time, I like have this deferential uh, view towards them. And it's really hard for me to... It's, not only is it hard for me to criticize them, but I also kind of won't have uh, criticism. Uh, I don't think this movie is in that uh, group of maybe five films that I would say we can't really criticize. Um, I mean, saying you can, can criticize anything, you can say you criticize anything, but I would just uh, I, I would be uncomfortable with it for some of the what I think best movies of all time are. I don't think this is um, one of the best movies of all time, although it's uh, certainly one of the most like uh, prominent. Um, yeah, something yeah. can be influential and not be the best yeah. thing ever. Uh, but I still think it's very good. I mean, well, let's let's talk about it. Uh, so, uh, Sam, this is actually the first time you've seen Toto, it correct? Is. Yeah. So normally we're. I can hear the all five people listening to this screaming at That's me. That's accurate. Yeah, <laughs> five people. I normally we're both have if it's a retrospective, we both have seen it and uh, stuff. But we're inevitably going to get into films that will that I haven't seen or the co-host hasn't seen, you know, so, um, but I, I, I saw this one, you know, years ago and stuff, but let's Sam, specifically you, you, you just watched it now, uh, you watched the dub, correct? I and, did, uh, the, wh- the Fannings. With the Fanning sisters, yeah. Uh, what did you think of, uh, My Neighbor Totoro and what did you think of the dub? I don't really get all the hype about it. I thought it was, I thought it was an okay movie, like, I liked it, but I, I just... I mean, there's really nothing too like amazing about it other than how cute Totoro is. Uh, I don't know. I just I just don't really get all the hype surrounding it and like all the build up and why it's become sort of like this cultural landmark and why it's pro- arguably Ghibli's most famous film, um, at least in terms of merchandising. Uh, the dub kind of bothered me. I didn't think it was very good. I didn't like. The dad was just, they were give, either giving him, like, terrible lines or he was just a plank of wood. And uh, the fannings were kind of, mm, yeah. 
kids. I don't know. Whatever. They don't know whatever. I, I think that if you've never seen Totoro before, you can maybe confuse, like, uh, everything surrounding the film with it being, like, the best ever. Like, Yeah. And there are some people who think this is, like, the best animated film ever, and I feel like those are people who don't view animated films the same way they view other films. Like, I view animated films in just, like, any other movie, and Totoro is, like, a good, very good film. Um, I, 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 I always enjoy this, this, this movie when I see it, and I think it's... Um, really kind of really well crafted kind of like this flawless movie um but it's like it's like seeing a little bit ahead of yourself there but like it's it's like flawless in in the extremely um enough extremely not ambitious thing it's trying to accomplish which is just like tell this very low-key uh story about the this uh family moving to uh extreme rural uh you know japan in 1958 uh but it's it's it, i mean there's just nothing wrong with it like it's 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 there's nothing extremely special about it though uh there's the fantasy elements which are really uh really creative and they're very low key they're very low key and in a really like rounded way and it's really cool um and i think us looking back on this film now it, we're obviously going to not see it as special as much as it maybe was at the time because uh Todoro has kind of spawned ev- all the fantasy elements in all of animation that we've seen since, and it, it's not—it's nothing special to us now. Like we've seen how the spirit world is in Avatar: the Last Airbender, um, and like how incredibly well done. I mean, sometimes that is, and how interesting it is, and uh, so that's just kind of like an expansion of the kind of fantasy elements um, created in this film. Uh, so of course we're not going to see it as super special now because we it's kind of been done and done more interestingly. But uh, without this basis, we don't get anything uh, from Avatar, and we don't get anything in probably even Steven Universe and stuff like that. I mean, it's this is like introducing fantasy to um, these like fantasy elements uh, to animation that also exist in the real world. Um, probably not done before what, i'm not what do sure you though i mean by that i don't really understand well it's like there the this movie isn't take place in a fantasy world right it takes place yeah in it japan. takes place in and then yeah. there's these fantasy elements within real japan you know that's kind of what i mean um and that's kind of how steven universe is you know so it's, kind it's of... like say the fairly odd parents right <laughs> oh, sure let's go sort that. of how that's sort yeah of that's like true the fairly odd parents is in a spirit world <laughs> yeah well, the fairy world. The fairy world. I, I didn't think of comparing that to this before, but that's a good point. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's this is kind of a hard one to discuss because our view on it now is going to be much different from before. But we can compare it to other the other slice of life Ghibli movies, um, which me, me and Sam have basically gone over all of them except uh, like Whisper of the Heart, Ariete. I think. Yeah, I've never seen Ariete yet. Yeah, we could do Ariete. Uh, it's it's pretty good. And I haven't seen either of those actually. Whisper of the Heart is one of my favorites of all time, and this is. But yeah, I think this is very good. I think it's in the second the second tier of Ghibli Miyazaki films. I watched the sub this time. I'd never seen the sub before. I'd seen the dub a few times. How was it? The sub it was very good. I don't remember it being much different from the dub. I mean, I get something you you get something special out of the out of the dub, or at least I do, because the the probably the best casting choice like in dub history of actually getting the fanning <laughs> sisters to do this like um, I, I do think that was a good choice i just I, uh a lot of it was kind of like off 
Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, like, very young in this. I believe this was Elle Fanning's first role in anything in this kind Dakota of... Dakota was, like, ten. Yeah, and that's I mean, she was, like, five or something. Uh, no, this is not Elle's first role in... She was in uh, I Am Sam with, with Dakota, okay. Um, Whatever. But there you go. And it's... Yeah, I just... I really love that element of the dub. And uh, the sub probably i i also i feel like this is how i remembered their voices being like may may's voice and kind of being distinctively i don't know how to describe it but yeah distinctively a four-year-old <laughs> a four-year-old and yeah distinctively loud and you know stuff like that that's the one thing of this film which is is great it's it's it really captures uh children's behavior better than maybe any other film i've seen um really? i was sort of made like up until they uh had that little argument uh, that like sort of put the climax in motion. Do do you just see children as arguing all the time? Yeah, because that's what <laughs> they do. Children uh, children are brats and they argue and they're they're not like as nice to each other as these two are. I mean, they're kind of nice to each other, yeah. But like, it's... especially given like the pre- maybe it's like a, maybe it's like a cultural thing. <laughs> Japanese people are just nicer. Is that the... no? That's not what I'm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm. Maybe something to do with, like, emotions. Uh, yeah, it's possible. Uh, I don't know. I just, I saw, I think the first time I saw this, my cousins were around uh, the ages of the sisters here, and I just thought it was extremely realistic in the in the film. Um, Not realistic to my life. <laughs> everyone's going to be different here. And uh, it's, yeah, so I, I just, this is, like, perfect slice of life, kind of. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's not, like, I, I do think it's kind of like a perfect movie, but I don't think perfect means best, if that makes sense. Um, like, you can set out to do something, and then you can do it great. And and it, it's like, if you're reaching for, like, the best ever, and you don't get there, you can still have something better than My Never Totoro, I guess. Well, I don't Like, it's, like, objectively perfect, you think? I don't think it's, I don't think it's objectively perfect. Mm-hmm. I just don't see any flaws in it. We can discuss, though. Uh, okay, let's... Let's get into specifics, I guess. Um, I guess. I guess. There's no specifics to talk about. <laughs> the most... I, mean, I, I have a few specifics. Okay, well, what do you want to bring up first? What is mom sick with? Mom is sick with a movie parent is sick-itis. Oh, God. It like, is... I don't... That just bothered me the whole entire movie. Like, what does she have? I was starting to think it was, like, some sort of mental illness. But then there's like, oh, she has a cold. She can't come home for the weekend. Like okay, like Pro- problem is it is 1958 Japan. I don't know if they've actually diagnosed her with anything. You know, uh, like not only is it just not an important detail to the movie, it's uh, it's possible. It's important to me. It's possible, and Sam needs to know everything about um, the backstory of. I do, and I, I was like getting a little bit bothered because I didn't know what the dad did for like a job. Yeah, because like the first half of the movie, he just hung around the house. Yeah, well, it's still not obvious. Like, he's a professor of some sort, but how he's a professor I, that he can be at home most of the time, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, can, I, can, I can accept professor. I can accept that. Because, you know, professors aren't always at school. He's, I guess he's a professor that's not, maybe he's not teaching and he's doing his research at home. I don't know. I don't know. He has a lot of books. <laughs> he does have a lot of books. Kind of it, working on what looks like graph paper on something indiscriminate. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's the dad. What do you think of the dad character? Like I said, the dub sort of made him out to be a plank of wood. Um, I think he's like a really cool dad, though. Like he, uh, 
sort of plays along with his kids and like sort of encourages their imaginations. Um, even if the things they're viewing maybe aren't imaginative. Uh, it, yeah, it's interesting the relationship between um this kind of relates to that. It's like the relationship between the the characters think of the fantasy elements because they just very accepting right away. Uh, like the dad's just like, oh yeah, Totoro, you know, <laughs> that that works. The king of the forest. I think, I, I think that's cool, but like maybe further on he'll start to get like super annoyed. Also, I'm like kind of confused as to why he's like so happy and tripper if his wife is in the hospital. So, Positive know. outlook on life. And also, he has to, like, commute, that long commute, and, like, ugh, yeah. how does he do it? Yeah. No, it's, it, I think he comes across as pretty sympathetic. Uh, it's it's it, it's interesting. Like, I, I think maybe first time I watched the film, I thought that he was just humoring his daughter's, like, uh, imaginations, but... You think he actually believes? I think that this is like a Japanese cultural thing. Mm. Um, Like a lot. The thing with the fantasy elements of this film is that they're based around um, traditional uh, Japanese spiritualism, and like, uh, like Totoro is just seen as the as like the spirit of the forest of where they're living. And that's like a thing that people in Japan are like uh, big on. And like, there's a shrine and you know, there's a shrine to Totoro. I mean, usually the, in, in media from Japan, you see the spirit will not actually be a thing, you know, like it's just Mm -hmm. kind of in the background. Like there's kind of this, um, very, it's, it's just like this, this non, I don't know how to describe it. This really, it's like, it's religion, but, um, at the same time, it's almost more spiritualism than religion because they're not expecting like the gods to be real, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of just this representation. Um, so this puts it more, way more literally than a lot of media I've seen usually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like that, so like for that's kind of if you view the film in that light, it's like it's it's like it's almost not fantasy for a long time in this film. Like you can kind of accept it as just being reality kind of right until the cat bus comes. That's kind of the turning point. Um because a lot of the fantasy elements until that happens really just makes sense with uh like traditional Japanese culture. And then um not like that I specifically think that there's like Totoro's and stuff. It's just it from a very broad perspective. Uh Totoro's are real. <laughs> Yeah, but it does seem I, I can buy him actually thinking the Totoro's are real, you know. I mean, I also feel like there's an element of his personality to like, what does it matter if it's real or not? You know, like it, it's that's not necessarily the point. It's more of the emotions that his daughters are having, you know. And it's like yeah. encouraging positive stuff. Um, and uh, him, you know, him even if he buys into it too, just wanting the positive emotions out of that. I feel like realism isn't as important there to him, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's it's this is it's somewhat hard for us to view like without being in this in in japan and i i I do feel like it's possible the cat bus is supposed to be a turning point in terms of fantasy for the film uh because that cast but yeah the cat bus is extremely iconic and that entire scene is maybe the big the big thing to talk about because i was like kind of worried because like totoro was like at the bus stop and he's waiting for the bus and i'm like he came from the bus because like it's a bus and he's a thing and he's just there but then you know cat bus comes and he's like all magical with his stretchy skin and his rat tail lights and stuff he also has rat headlights i noticed it i know that's so cool though yeah uh the the cat bus is such a great design and uh obviously one of the most influential things directly spawned appa and avatar um in among basically uh, many other fantasy uh animation like animal elements uh it's 
the entire scene of Totoro coming while they're waiting for the bus in the rain. Uh, the shot of Totoro with the umbrella standing next to um, Satsuki and I guess Mei on her back and uh, is I think probably the most iconic animation shot ever. And uh, it, and it's also the poster. The poster, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a there's that's the poster on Wikipedia probably because they probably chose that one because you know it's it's iconic. And then um, it, the entire thing with the cap with um, her giving him the umbrella and no, um, I I he stole that umbrella. <laughs> I don't think he understood the concept of borrowing. That's the, that's what I think. But he just like jacks their umbrella. Like, thanks, Totoro. What do you think of Totoro's just pure joy at the concept of the umbrella? I it was so cute. Like he was so happy. With the, I thought he was going to get like really scared when the rain from the trees started like trickling down onto it. But he got so happy. And it was, yeah, it was cute. I liked it. It's like I, I, my read on it is like he's so happy that he has this thing because he has the leaf on his head and he gets annoyed by the rain from the trees falling. But now he has this. And yeah. so he's like playing with it because now he's uh, Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just the that entire thing with that is some of the best inter- the best interactions of the film, and then getting on cat bus is is just great. Uh, and it, it's that, that that's like the number one remember the number one memorable Ghibli scene, I think. And um, it's it's really kind of the film's high point of blending. Um, fantasy and character and, and interesting character interactions um and i think probably at the end when um satsuki gets on cat bus again as uh, probably and finds may is also really good it's basically yeah. anything with cat bus <laughs> is the best well cat bus is only there for like two sequences yeah two kind of short sequences i actually and didn't Totoro even... maybe for only like four right yeah there's a there's a few um, what do you think of the one with uh, Totoro doing the rain, the uh, growing dance around the plants, and them joining in, and then the tree sprouts really big, and then um, I didn't really get it. What? Why didn't you get it? But I guess it was maybe there's nothing to get. It's like a representation know. of like the seeds being sprouted. If you view to- if you view Totoro as like the god of the forest, you know, it's yeah. like he has sprouted the seeds and. Um, that was kind of just a rep- a, sy- a symbolic uh, telling of that happening. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And uh, I think it's just really inventive way to show that, and it's 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 really like uh, Totoros and the little Totoros. Yeah. What do you think of the little Totoros? They exist. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they don't really do anything. Like May chases after one, but. What do you think of the design of Big Totoro? Like, I, he's like the most iconic fantasy. He's you know. so cute. Yeah. Like no wonder he is their logo and like he like it's such like a big merchandising thing for them too. Because Totoro is so cute. Yeah. I it's just this big fluffy ball of like a rabbit John and like I don't know. Totoro is just really cute and personally like I want to go out and buy a Totoro. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, I don't, right now. I don't have a Totoro. Yeah, I could get a Totoro. Uh, it's the fact that the Totoro is like still a thing here. Like, what is like, this? Like, what? Twenty-seven years later. Yeah, twenty-seven years later. With uh, and uh, it's the, it, from a different country, and it's kind of still this big stylistic phenomenon, right? It's that's kind of crazy. It's like almost. It's like even more impressive than um, uh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, the uh, the cat thing. <laughs> The cat thing. The cat thing. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, yeah. Hello Kitty. Yeah. Hello Kitty being like this phenomenon thing. here. You know, yeah, the cat oh thing. Oh my god, the cat thing. Okay. Yeah, but like that's kind of a similar thing. It's like, why is Hello Kitty so popular here, you know? 
But Hello Kitty's kind of designed to be this phenomenon. You know, Totoro's just a character in the film. Um, it's, uh, let's talk. So, okay, we had those fantasy sequences. We had the one at the end. Um, what's the other? We see him, we see Totoro and the Totoros in the tree at one point, And then they're like doing the, the whatever. Was it like an ocarina? <laughs> yeah, it's an like ocarina. That. Sure. I don't know. It could be. I don't know. It looks like one. Oh, what do you think of the uh, suit things? Uh, what did they... Suit gremlins. Yeah. Uh, they probably have different names and dubs and subs. The, the Suit gremlins. Susu Watari. Black suits, dust bunnies, um, suit sprites, gremlins. <laughs> I'm seeing all of these on Wikipedia as a translation for it. I don't know. They, they, they were there for that one thing. That's another really iconic uh, kind of fantasy creature. They come back in Spirited Away. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I was sort of thinking, um, you sort of know how Nausicaa is sort of considered like a practice run for Princess Mononoke. I was, uh, I, which I, I hate that. When I know say that, that you but yeah. hate that, but I'm just saying, like that's the gener- that's like a consensus that's out there. Um, I was sort of thinking when I was watching this, it's kind of like the proto uh, spirited away. Um, yeah, so this, this movie shares a ton of, of elements to spread away. I mean, most, the framing device is the same. They're moving to a new, uh, new, yeah. new house and, uh, you have a similarly aged main character, although maybe May is the main character of this. I'm not sure. And then, um, you have this kind of blending of the fantasy realm and the normal realm. Yeah. It's very, very, very similar to spread away. Spread away is a very scary movie. Really? Yes, we can talk about it. Well, I don't really want to watch Spirited Away. But... Okay. Oh, yeah, I think Delaney wants to do that one. But yes. it's, it's... You're going to give that to Delaney. Okay. I mean, Spir- I think Spirited Away is a clearly better film than this. I mean, it's more narratively interesting. Um, I don't really like that movie either. But... What what elements of this film do you not are you not in love with? Or is it just you're not blown away in general by it? For uh, Totoro? Um... Yeah, for Totoro. Know, I'm just... Yeah, I'm just not really blown away buy it that much like can you think of any do you under like like when i say that's kind of like this perfect film what do you can you see think of any criticisms of like what actually is on the page you know um i would say sort of i wish we would have done this last night when i actually watched it um because i had so much to say criticism I mean, you can think about it. Um, it's... I'll, I'll, I'll sit on that. Okay, sit on the criticisms. I mean, I just... Uh, the reasons why I don't think this is, you know, uh, Ghibli's best film. And... Because some people do, and I don't really get it. It's, it's... There's just nothing, like, super... There's no, there's no really great storytelling going on here. Yeah, yeah. But, there's not really too much of a plot. Which, which is, is... Which is fine. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. Like, your movies, they don't have that plot. I mean, let's compare this to some other ones we've been over. Like, Only Yesterday. Um, I assume you like Only Yesterday more than this film. I do, yes. So what Only Yesterday kind of similarly has not that much going on. But uh, it kind of has this uh, overall thing that it's working towards with its storytelling, right? Between the flashbacks and the current. um, And just trying to tell this really intricate character piece. Yeah. this one, uh, there's just not even like an uh, an eighth of the character study for any of the characters in here as only yesterday. I think that might be a criticism of mine. Sort of, I'm not sure if the feature length mo- movie is like a good medium for this. You know what I mean? 
like it could be done maybe in like a I don't know like comic strips or manga or something else but you know movie do- the film using the medium of film to tell the story does have like its advantages as well you know the beautiful visuals uh you know all that all that sort of thing but in terms of um story i think something else that sort of lends itself to a uh, more uh pause and more uh you know um inactivity uh probably could be a way to make it better yeah, i mean i think this is going to be unsuccessful um for you if you the the general you if uh you're expecting like this big narrative out of it yeah uh and like uh, see i don't i think this is a, a pretty good use of the film medium but like it's also it's this is a 90 minute film which is very unusual for miyazaki uh yeah. we're usually uh, an hour longer than this and uh it's 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 not really trying to do anything specific which is interesting it's 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 kind of uni- a unique film in that regard and i kind of and i've always had trouble uh critically um evaluating it because usually you can either say okay this is like a narrative piece or a character piece uh for a film it well, doesn't really feel like either and it's not either yeah it's 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 more of a it's closer to a character piece like what ultimately i think it is is this um is like a it's it's almost it's 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 like a family exploration but it's not specifically about that family it's like like that type of thing in this setting in this time period about japan but it's also not necessarily about this time period it's it's just more of exploring this kind of ruralistic concept in general i i guess so especially like with the characters i feel like we start one place and maybe we move like a centimeter or two by the end of it like nothing I mean, I think like, okay, so let's talk Satsuki and May. Like, I think Satsuki is an interesting character in the film. Yeah. Like, I find her very sympathetic. And um, there's nothing super narratively interesting going on because um, the film, rather than kind of showing any sort of kind of interesting elements with her character, we kind of just focus on uh Totoro and May at the end rather than and and she gets more of a role within Totoro towards the end looking for May. Uh but it's not like we're necessarily supposed to find anything uh super interesting about her towards the end. May is just um kind of the stagnant character a little bit and she's more of a representation of like wonder and imagination almost rather than uh too many spe- too much of a specific character. Yeah. Um, I mean, I find her ex- an extremely realistic five-year-old girl, but uh, it's it's uh, it's not like um, she has that much depth, you know. Uh, and other than that, there's like no characters, so it's it's Granny. It's, there's Granny. Who's Granny? The Sundre boy. Sundre boy. Oh man, do you think he's Sundre? He is. He was like, <laughs> oh, like smacking his umbrella like in their face, and he just like ran off. That's just like typical, like, like eleven-year-old boy who uh, is like you girls, but also like has a crush on her, right? So yeah, um, I don't know. I find all of that super realistic. Let's compare this to other slice of life films we went over. I was about to maybe bring up that it was a double featured when it was. It was. It was double featured. Uh, It was double featured with uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, It's like the biggest. 
mismatch ever in terms of showing two films back to back right um you have this film which is uh like pure wonder and imagination and hope and then you have grave of the fireflies which is pure despair i think that's like a really interesting dichotomy though it is yeah uh like especially comparing the two um how we were just talking about how sort of nothing really happens in this film and sort of it's like it's more like on the side of character piece, but it sort of falls a little bit flat in that. Whereas uh, Grave of the Fireflies, it's also about two siblings, an older and a younger, sort of a the older one sort of like shepherding the younger one in the absence of maybe maybe Grave of the Fireflies is the best comparison for this film because I don't think yeah. that film is like not really uh, its characters aren't that important either. It's more of just this general concept about the ravages of war, you know? Yeah. Uh, and this one is and maybe, this one effects. is maybe the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just through the lens of these characters who are real characters, but they're not that important overall. Yeah. So that's a good comparison. Yeah, I don't I don't think we should evaluate it as a double feature. I think that was just kind of how they chose to air it um, when they Say put them out. To release it. To release it, like, because of, it was 1988 and movie theaters and stuff like that. But, uh, it, I mean, we still have those, but it's, I don't know. <laughs> Japan is, I guess, movie different. Movie theaters? With, with its, with what its is that? movie theaters. Yeah, well... It is. It's more of that than it was before. Uh, I, de- I definitely think the characters in Grave of the Firefly, Grave, whatever, whatever you want to call that movie, I forget. Uh, I definitely think the characters are more realistic. Do you think they're more realistic? Especially, I don't, uh, I don't remember the name of the little girl. The little girl in that one. I think like she's just as realistic as May is. Like, I think she's more realistic than May. But I don't know. I'd have to rewatch. That's re-watch just that. your opinion, man. It's like your opinion, man. Yeah uh what else have we talked about we have talked about um from up on poppy hill do you think this film is better or worse than up on poppy hill i don't know they're just very different they're very like apples and oranges i don't like they're both fruit but are they both fruit yeah (laughs) i mean they're both slice of life yeah poppy hill it's kind of more of a narrative piece i guess right like it has two clear momentum yeah narratives yeah. going on even though that's the like least interesting part of the film it's more interesting as if you look at the characters um i think the characters are more well established than this film but it doesn't mean poppy is better like i it's more of a personal favorite for me but uh i don't really think i could compare the two they're just that's i, I have trouble comparing totoro to anything it's because it, it's kind of this unique this unique thing in the elements we've talked about uh, it's almost like the most slice of life ever. Like I previously called Whisper of the Heart the Queen of Slice of Life films because that is like the longest nothing happening film that you will ever see, and this one is an hour less long than that. Probably I assume Whisper of the Heart is two and a half. Like it's so long, and uh, it's it's uh, nope only two hours somehow that movie, oh. and uh, it's. It's, uh, this film, it's like, I don't know, this has more clear fantasy elements, like Whisper the Art has one fantasy sequence, but it's clearly not real, and this one kind of blends the two together and stuff like that. Uh, Whisper the Heart's more of this character study for sure, and it kind of focuses on this main character, and in this film it'd be like if, uh, if Satsuki was, like, more of the focus the entire time, and we kind of had the Satsuki-driven film, right? That's what the equivalent would be. Uh, but really, this is just this um, kind of thematic concept. Th- not concept, but like, I feel like it's like a thematic exploration. Maybe there should be three types of films, not two. Maybe it should be <laughs> a narrative film, a character film, and a thematic film. What do you think I, of that? I, I, I agree with that, yeah. Like, what do you th- can we think of any other like thematic films? 
American. Like, I think Grave of the Fireflies is a great example, yeah. I think that's a good example. Uh, Potentially Kiki's Delivery Service, but I think that's also I, more of a character exploration. I than really could say I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, uh, it's... The, I, I think Kiki's is kind of similar to Totoro. Like, there's... It has more of a plot and more of characters, so but it's you could argue it's that type of thing. Uh, maybe no. My neighbors, the Yamadas, maybe. I I don't remember that one too much, but yeah. I I don't know. I was about like any. How about any like recent live action films we can think of as thematic pieces? I don't even know. Uh, Tree of Life. Yeah. Well. Boyhood. It, boyhood's I guess a character. Yeah. Tree of Life is that. Uh, Brad Pitt, Sean Penn. Yeah, I, that's one of my most hated movies of all time. It's uh, <laughs> That is totally a thematic movie, though. Uh, it was unsuccessful in its thematic presentations. But uh, yeah, I think if you try to look at that movie in terms of plot, then it's the worst thing ever. And if you try to look at it in terms of character, then it's really bad. Uh, but if you like try to see it as like this uh, theoretical exploration, right? Yeah. Um, and that's I guess that's what's so impressive about Totoro to me is I'm very likely to not like these kind of artsy films. Like, mm-hmm. artsy in that they're, like, abstract. Abstract is better than artsy. Yeah. Um, these abstract films. It's like, Totoro kind of isn't this abstract film. It has a concrete th- concrete line that's happening the entire time. But if you want to classify it more as this type of abstract thematic film than anything else, then I feel like that's probably accurate. I don't know. It's... But now that I think about, if we're going to classify Tree of Life as thematic, then maybe, maybe that's different, too. Because that... That doesn't have, it's it, but it's hard because just one has a concrete narrative, one doesn't, you know, like yeah. the narrative in Tree of Life is just not uh, linear, and this one is, um, this just uh, it, this film is very grounded. I feel like that's why it's super successful to me. Like it, it's grounded and at it's the, not trying to be artsy. It's not. I don't know if it's yeah. It's it's like it's 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 able for me to explore these um this like elements of wonder and of like joy in life because it's it's has a grounded narrative and grounded characters and that to me allows it to go on these like kind of crazy journeys with Totoro um like first we establish the characters and the setting and we kind of keep we like stay within the uh setting that we're given the entire time and the same timeline and uh because of that then when it does things like grow the tree and then come back I'm I'm accepting of that I feel like yeah I feel like this this is um I feel like you have to have go if you like want to have see Tree of Life as a successful film which many critics do then I feel like you just have to not expect if you're expecting to see any sort of movie that makes sense then you can't see it as successful so you kind of have to go into it with just the complete this completely different mindset than many other films I don't know it's hard I this it's maybe it's yeah maybe it's good if we did grave of the fireflies and then talked about it in relation to Sodoro because that's an interesting one um what other elements Ready to cry no yeah i haven't seen it in so long um other elements about this film about this film how did you know that's what i was gonna say because you just began saying it and oh may's character design is very ugly <laughs> they're so rude may is <laughs> I also think the character designs for Ponyo are also very ugly. Don't you? Don't you think? I that, don't think Ghibli is very good at babies. Don't you think that May is maybe more of a realistic human child because not all human children are like perfect I'm, looking? I I wasn't saying that. I'm saying that the character design looks like a human cabbage. <sighs> yeah, it's like kind of big heads and like 
pudginess, right? But I don't know. That's I, just like your opinion. <laughs> I, I I think it's a successful design for me. Ponyo is. I see what you're saying with Ponyo. It's slightly different from here, right? I mean, obviously, it's like 20 years later, but um, Ponyo is like a very specific stylistic choice about how it's drawing people, mm-hmm. and here. Uh, May does look a little different than the other ones. Like, I feel like... Like, Marco some... was also kind of ugly in uh, House Moon Castle. Uh, okay, I, mean, I, haven't, I would need to rewatch. But I don't know, like... <laughs> Satsuki, I think, is kind of normal looking for uh, for a character design. And the dad, probably. Do you think the dad's design's normal? He has a really big... Like, he, he has interesting hair. <laughs> Why does he have interesting hair? He's just got a really big, like, queef right there. And it's like... He's like a really big calic. Just like, I don't know. He look, he's looking at his dad. He's had the glasses, whatever. I also feel like, um, yeah, okay, getting something I think is, needs to be mentioned is that uh, we, we've talked about it and we've said something similar, but like this film is kind of viewing the world and like 1958 rural Japan through like these two children's eyes. Um and, like, we talked about, like, how it's this thematic movie about wonder. And I feel like it's, like, childhood wonders, maybe a better way to say it. Like, this is, this is like, the film exploration of childhood wonder. Yeah. Do you I agree with that? I, I think I agree, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, everything, it's the, just the way the movie explores Totoro and, like, builds up to him and, like, uh, just approaches, uh these these fantasy elements through such uh i don't know wonder like obviously that's that's what i'm trying to explain but it's it, it just all seems very much through like a child's eyes to me mm. uh what do you think of the random thought what do you think of totoro's like giant grin <laughs> the same with the cat bus well i was i i've been on the tv tropes page for this whole podcast it's a cashier it is the cashier grin yeah cashier grin i think it it's a little bit unsettling but like I think it's also like makes me happy. I don't know. Yeah, like that's the that's kind of why I brought up is like if if this film was not from like this childhood wonder viewpoint, then it would totally be creepy. <laughs> but uh, it's I don't think it's ever supposed it's ever creepy. I don't know. It's kind of just really. It, it just makes Totoro slightly less cute. I I think it adds to his overall, <laughs> but whatever he has going, I'm not sure. But it kind of adds I, that. I just need to investigate this. Why do we all find Totoro so cute? He was manufactured. I mean, he must have been like. I I need to like take some psychology classes about this. Like, what is it? That's what. uh, That's what the. No, I don't think it's a minions thing. The minions manufactured to be cute for children. No, 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 no minions. I mean, Totoro is like fluffy. He's like giant. He's like a stuffed animal. He is a stuffed. Yeah, I mean, he is. A lot of people have the stuffed animal. Of Totoro. (sighs) You know. Okay, something I was just thinking about. Uh, so a couple times during the movie when the Sunday boy has a, what's her face? Satsuki. Satsuki, yes, thank you. Um, has her over to like his house or somebody's uncle's house, whoever. Like his family members always comment on how she's such a nice girl. Yeah. And like, I'm wondering why they took the time to do that. And is it demeaning? Or is it sort of like uh, doing that thing where uh, when, you know, people are babies, uh, you know, parents will be like, oh, it'll be so great if our kids got married, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's, it's like, so it's obvious what its function within the, 
that it, given that it's in the film it's obvious what its function is there there's like this kind of b plot of uh exploring the very vague romantic things going on between the two of them right um and not necessarily from satsuki's perspective really just kind of the the boy like crushing on her and stuff and uh so, but the, I've never really thought about it from the perspective of why is it included. I mean, if you if you ask why is anything included in this film, it gets a little hard to answer. But who knows? I don't. I think it's probably trying to further this uh, perspective of um, vague beginnings of childhood romance uh, explored. Ugh. And one element of that is like adults encouraging it, even if you don't necessarily have these feelings yet, or even Ew. if you do have these feelings, you know. Ew. I mean, it's. It, I, I think it makes sense within the other childhood perspective elements being explored. And that's kind of one of the interesting things about this film is that uh, it's very much childhood wonder, and we have the character of Satsuki. Um, I, I don't know if the film ever says exactly how old she is, but she's theoretically um, towards the end of her, like, whatever, the metaphorical childhood, you know? And. Uh, so we kind of have that. I think I feel like that's like maybe one of the themes. It's like only May sees Totoro at first, and uh, May obviously still a child. It's like is Satsuki too much of an adult now to see Totoro? Oh, like is it like the Polar Express? Well, I haven't seen that, but it's it's maybe it's well it, only only adults can see only children can see uh, Totoro. I think it's the Polar Express. Wow. Well, that's what. Well, yeah, that's what the only. May or Satsuki at some point discovers that uh, no one can see Catboss except them, right? Oh my god. Well, that's what this is, I guess, you mean Polar Express? Why was the Polar Express written? The recent the recent Polar Express film? Oh, it's based off of a book, you dummy. When was the book written? That's... Let's, yeah, let's, let's look that up. In 1985. So that's actually right before this. Interesting, I, was Totoro based I, off of the Polar Express? Hmm. I see you, Miyazaki. I, I, I feel like Miyazaki would not have gotten this... Well, because this movie would be in production before 1985, and also that book would be in English, so I don't. I'm skeptical of that. Children believing stuff. Yeah, but anyway, so there's this like element of um, childhood wonder being explored. Or yeah, you tie this back to Danny Phantom with no, <laughs> no, young blood only. Kids can see him. But like, uh, my point is that Satsuki is a character who is. Um, Was by Taylor Lautner is no is uh is like almost not a child anymore and it's like there's this whole element of is satsuki still able to have this childhood wonder represented by totoro and she certainly is able to once uh he appears at the bus stop another reason i feel like that scene is so super successful that's one of that's like the culmination of this uh like theme they're exploring and it's like satsuki still has her childhood here and then she goes on this big fantasy exploration later and um that's kind of, uh, I feel like the boy is kind of this pull of adulthood on her life, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, she already has to take care of May, and then their mother, their mother's sick, and, like, there's all these elements trying to, like, pull her out of her, like, idealistic childhood, and, uh, and Totoro represents her still within that. that. What? The trope name for, like, only things that kid, kid, kids can see that adults can and, but they, as you begin to transition into adulthood or like a more adult mentality, you can't see it. Puberty ruins <laughs> wonder in the world. 
that's basically the theme. I mean, it happens in a lot of things, and maybe this is one of the first uh, introductions of that. TV tropes tell me what it is. It's definitely a trope, fake for sure. God, there's so many tropes on this. Uh... Also, TV tropes lists uh, Sundry Boy as a Sundry, so... Okay, good job. There you go. Sundry Boy. In that regard, all boys of his age are probably Sundry's then. I mean, he is. It's just a function of... He's not really supposed to be too much of a character. Like Much like everyone in this film. Oh, it also says that mom has soap opera disease. Uh, guys, just like uh, some an, uh, sickness that is not explicitly mentioned that's kind of exploited for drama. Oh my thing. God. Like, she doesn't even look sick. She doesn't look sick. That's true. Uh, she just has like a really big forehead. <laughs> that's very. You're, you're criticizing her a lot. Come on. I'm critical. A woman won't tell me what's wrong with her. Nor will the hospital or her husband. Uh, hmm, what other thematic elements can I think of that we can... Oh, the trope, trope is called Invisible to Adults. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That, that was simple. <laughs> that was simple, yeah. I, I do feel like that's a big a big thing going on here. And it's kind of kind of subtle, but I don't know. No, uh, this film is, is, I feel like, subtle in the themes it's exploring mostly, because it's very... Ostensibly, it's very much just what it is. And then also on an analysis level, it's also very much just what it is. But if you look, but you just have to take like what's going on and um, see what it's trying to do, I guess, and types of things we've discussed. Very, very much that type of thematic film that we're, we were discussing earlier. Uh, what else do we have specifics wise from here? I don't know. What do you like? What do you think of their, uh, the, the nuts in them finding that the, uh, the suit guys leave and then later Totoro gives them the bag of the like the acorns the the, su- the sub called them acorns um, I don't really get that either nature nature yeah there's a I big mean, Miyazaki's big on nature I so. mean oh that's another thing yeah we haven't discussed that at all this is very much a uh, environmentalism film too I mean Totoro is the forest you know and um he's a force of good here and the forest is good <laughs> there's not too much of a pre- like a concert preservationist like Thing going on because no one's really trying to oppose the forest it's just that the forest is good and this element of wonder forest um, propaganda yeah this i mean that's miyazaki that's his mo forest propaganda <laughs> everything is propaganda though if you look think of it as forest way. propaganda it's uh that's if ca- your sister gets lost the forest is gonna help you find her yeah it's true dude i would i would just go ask the forest in real life if that if that happens to like you. Dear tree, where did my little sister run off to? Because I was too mean to her to watch her. I don't know. That's... Oh, why did why why did they let May just like run off? Because like, she wanted to give the corn to her mom. No, she did like two times before this in the movie. Yeah, she did. I I thought like I kept expecting that to happen because I hadn't seen it in a little bit. So I thought the that's first like time... some that's like Rugrats syndrome right there. Rugrats syndrome. Yeah, that's my new official name for that. Letting little kids run off and having their own adventures. When in real life, you keep an eye on those kids. You gotta watch them. They're yeah. They're themselves hurt. Yeah, that's the first time she finds uh, Totoro. Like, the dad lets her run off on her. But, but, you know, I guess it's good that we found Totoro or whatever. I guess, yeah. I guess. 
Why does he have the name movie named after him? What do you think a more accurate film name for this film should be? I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's because it's hard. Nothing, nothing's happening, so it's hard to label it. Um, how about? Is Tot- Totoro? I guess is their neighbor technically. He is their neighbor. The forest is their neighbor. Nature's the neighbor. Be kind to your neighbor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I might maybe rename it my neighbor Granny because she's in the movie more than Totoro is. Wow, that's is she? Probably, I think she might probably be. a little bit. Yeah. Do you think Granny is an unsung hero? Of... Yeah, I think she is. She's the only responsible adult. <laughs> she kind of is. Yeah, the dad just lets lets May run off. But she, I mean, she doesn't keep track of May either. <sighs> she thinks it's May's sandal. That's kind of a dark turn for the film. <laughs> like I thought pe- it was May's sandal. People think May drowned in the river. That's not good. Whoops. I guess the conflict at the end is, um... Yeah, like... but now some other kid is drowned in the river. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Maybe the kid just flicked their sandal off and it landed in the no, river. No, no, some other kid is, like, dead in that river. Okay, if you say care. so. Yeah. Because it's not May. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, yeah. I guess that's the conflict at the end of the film, is, like, this challenge to the childhood wonder. And to, um... Just, like, the dangers of... <laughs> of the world, I don't know. Become, but you know, the forest is your friend. Grow, you grow up and you become uh, aware of the dangers of the world. But I the mean, forest is there to save you, ultimately. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of dangerous things in the forest. I don't know about that. No, the for, no dangerous things here. Just nope. just fluffy uh, bunny. I'm spirits. pretty sure even in Japan, there's dangerous things in the forest. Nope. Yep. Nope. Not in, nope. Not in Japan. The forest is just kindly. What 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 was, what, what are some of Japan fauna? Japanese fauna. Fauna of Japan. Let's... No, that's okay. We can. We don't need to discuss that. I feel like we've reached the, <laughs> we've reached a culmination in our discussion. Yeah. I'm looking it up. I just want to know what kind of animals they have in their forests. I mean, they have squirrels apparently, and mm-hmm. mice. Um, I guess they say rats, not mice, right? I don't know what else. I don't know. Wildlife of Japan. Oh, they have monkeys. They have monkeys in Japan? I didn't know that. They have uh, red crown cranes. <laughs> Japanese giant salamander. Oh, God. Japanese giant hornet. Okay, I think we've reached the end of our discussion. I'm this. showing you a picture of this. Okay. I don't, if it's, don't show me a scary bee, though. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> okay. I don't like bees. Anything else you want to talk about? about Not the beans. Okay, that's... Then... I can't see. No, okay, no. Vaguely referencing something I, I... Mel and I discussed on Wednesday. Okay. Um, that's that's all for <laughs> for our Totoro discussion, and I have lawn, loud lawnmower in my background, too. That's another sign to wrap up. Uh, summer is ending. Summer is ending. It's true. It's that means what? It's over already for me. Aw, sad. Uh... It is summer during... No, it's... It's, it's like the end of Sotoro, summer in Sotoro, I guess. Although J- Japanese, Japan's school thing is different. So I don't know when this takes place. Anyway, I'm Dylan Nice in that same quattro. You can find our links and everything else about uh, this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Um, the social media links, that is. And that is really about Walmart. Yeah, this is why we're wrapping up. That is a scary bee. You shouldn't have showed me that. <laughs> it's a hornet! 
scary being. <laughs> it's a hornet! Japanese giant hornet. Japanese giant hornet. That's a long name. Uh, you can support our podcast at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Um, I'm not sure exactly when this one's going up, but they, currently our patrons are uh, Andy, Beatriz, Mitch, Nate Cordell, and Shayna. That is Buzz Lightyear, Beatrix Strange, Fever Mitch, uh, Nathan Fillion, Cordell University, and Haina. Uh, I'm sorry if that is not up to date as to when this comes out, but we're recording instead of time. Uh, and so I have no idea. <laughs> so I don't know what's coming next because I don't know what's coming out. So there you go. Uh, last, what do you think we should do next, Ghibli-wise, Sam? Arietti? You want to do Grave of the Fireflies next? We could do Grave of the Fireflies. That's a tough one. But we could Maybe do it. That or Arietti or Whisper of the Heart. Okay, I was, I've, I've been considering exploring a solo podcast. That's the only one I'd be comfortable doing solo is Whisper of the Heart. Uh, you but do that. You have fun. I don't know. I still don't really want to do that. <laughs> I feel like I'd get 20 minutes out of me monologuing before... It was too much. Ten-page essay on Whisper of the Heart. By Dylan, yeah. Do next week. Do next week, basically. Okay. Whenever that is. Uh, tell us what you think of Totoro, if you think we explored it. <laughs> well, it's a tough one to talk about. And Donate us a stuffed animal. <laughs> send us Totoros, yeah. That's a good idea. And uh, thanks for... Thanks get a P- maybe someday, if we're ever big giant podcast stars, we should get a P.O. box. Yeah, we could get a P.O. box, I guess. I mean, not now, but... <laughs> I guess we with could. All, with all five of you. And then people could send us Totoro's, yeah. Because I, I really want a Totoro. I feel like they're probably pretty expensive, but who sells them now? I don't know. I don't know. Totoro stuffed animal. The people who make them, I don't know. What's the mammals in Japan? There's a six... There's a nine-inch one for six dollars. That's kind of small. I don't know. Thank you. Uh, Anyway, that's okay. Thanks, thanks for listening, guys. We'll explore Totoro flushes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.